Welcome to 12 Scholars, a brand new podcast dedicated to personal development. In this first series, we meet 12 inspiring people, all with a bias for being proactive. To learn more about personal development and how you can become more proactive, visit our website and subscribe to our printed journal. In this week's show, we meet Jed King, founder of Skullfade and the Skullfade Foundation. You know, everybody was talking about how bad it was getting, and I didn't like that, I hated it. it in fact, it broke my heart. A pathway to getting off the street. It's a pathway to beating, fighting your addiction. It's a pathway to improving yourself. All these little improvements compound into a big improvement. It's the only way for real and lasting change. Little steps, tiny little steps. Jed has established himself as a successful entrepreneur with a thriving barbershop. He also runs a charity committed to ending rough sleeping. He's worked not only on improving the homelessness in Manchester, but also Paris and Calais. Jed has appeared on BBC Three's Amazing Humans programme and earlier this year took to the stage at TEDx Manchester. Jed's own life is one from hardship to success. After leaving the British Army, he retrained as a barber and then found his calling in life. Today, and through his charity, the Skullfade Foundation, Jed works with outside agencies to not only provide sharp haircuts to the homeless, but also offering personal development advice too. Jed is a true role model for others wanting to achieve more and make a real difference. We sat down with Jed to talk about personal development and the value of role models in his life. Role models are, are, are so, so important. So important. You know, the right role models can literally change your life. I had one very important role model. I started work at 11 years old uh, at a fish and chip shop. And uh, the owner of, of that business was my first role model. Um, he was amazing. He had a nice car. He had, he had his own business. He, you know, he was a responsible male role model. At that time, I was going through a lot of trauma. And he spent time with me and, and helped me see the world in a different light. I never had any strong male role models around me at that time. I had a lot of people around me who were in a lot of pain and, and surviving and doing the best with what they've got. But this guy, you know, had his life together. It was cool and he was a cool guy. You know, emotionally he was very calm and, and now I'm an adult and I look back on that. I was this, I was this young kid who, who wanted to work and I wanted to improve my own situation, but I was so hurt and damaged. It's interesting for me now, you know, looking back on that because it, it makes me respect him so much more for taking the time out to talk to me because that mustn't have been, it couldn't have been easy for him. I don't think he'll ever understand how valuable that was for me. That was the first male role model that I had. So he was so, so important. And if, if I if I didn't have him to look up to, if he wasn't my boss so early in life, um, I think my life could have took a completely different, uh, completely different path. From that path, you then joined the British Army. Yeah. Of which you, you'd have had lots of role models within. The role Army. models in abundance. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the British Army is amazing. You know, you've got these, these big strapping guys who are fit and strong and mentally strong and they've been on tours and, you know, they've fought wars and, and they're skilled um, with the weapon systems and, 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 um, and leading people. You know, you've got role models and leaders in the Army, which is um, so important for a lot of young guys who have not had that in their life. What sort of lessons learned were there from the army? Well, structure is a, is a massive, a massive benefit of joining the army. You know, the army is very, very structured. You get up at this time, you go and do your weapons lessons at this time, you go and do fitness at this time. And it's, it, it, structure is so important. 
I think when you grow up in a, in a chaotic environment, you don't have structure. You do every, there's a massive amount of uncertainty. Every day is different. And, and it's not uncertainty on your terms. You know, it's just everything's uncertain. You don't know. So to have that stability, structure, that certainty of what's going to happen each day was great and refreshing. It's so important to have structure in your life. So structure was the main thing that I noticed. It was, it was, it was um, astonishing, really. I was like, wow, you know, I actually know how this week's going to go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And we see that with, the, you know, these days with the guys we work with on the street, they've got massive amounts of uncertainty. There's no structure in a homeless life and they don't know where the next meal's coming from. They don't know where the next fix is coming from. They don't know where they're going to sleep at night. So I can, I can relate to that and, and uh, you know, I know how that feels. If we go back a few steps then and think about when you were setting up your, your barber shop, did you have any realisation of the, the charitable work that you'd be doing at the time or was it just to get going and cut people's hair? Yeah, well, I mean, when I set up the shop, it was a, it was a goal that I set when I was 11 years old. You know, we talked earlier about my boss in the chip yeah. shop. Because of him, I wanted to be a business owner. But where I was in my life, it was so far away. Um, I, I couldn't practically see it so you know uh, years and years and years went by you know I spent my time in the military and, and I came out and I looked for different things to do and ups and downs and struggled and this and that but I did it you know I learned a skill which allowed me to and became good enough you know at that skill which uh, you know, allowed me to set up a business and I found myself with this business all these years later and that's, that's something I'd always wanted. I always wanted to be a business owner, and I was. And I was one year in, the first year, I didn't have a day off. You know, I worked round the clock to get that business off the ground. Every single day, you know, I was in there, and I would cut anybody's hair any time of day or night. You know, we'd be open till 10 o'clock at night some, some days, because I had no staff, I was on my own. So, you know, I, I couldn't get it all done in working hours. You know, and people would phone me, and I'd open up early for them. I'd be there at 6.30 a.m. to cut their hair, you know, and then I'd work till 10 o'clock at night. I'd work round the clock. But that got the business going. One year later, I had some staff. You know, I had two staff, in fact. I had one full-time barber and I had an apprentice. And that allowed me a couple of days off. I used to have a Sunday and a Monday off. And I expected some kind of, some kind of fulfillment, some kind of party or celebration at the end. You know, that was the goal that I'd always had to be a business owner. And I was, and I had a successful business. And I was earning decent money. I still had an empty feeling. You know, and I and I could I thought, what what is this about? And I couldn't see myself just doing this. Now I'd done it. You know, I cracked it. I've got this business. It's, it's on its own two feet. It's earning great money. Um, I'm good at this. I'm good at this job. You know, I couldn't see myself just doing that until I die. You know, that was painful for me because I thought, you know, I've got here and I'm really proud of my business. I'm proud of myself for doing it. I've achieved this goal. There's got to be more, and I wanted more. So. I search for the answers. And whenever I want answers, I go away. I go to the Lake District quite often. Uh, Scotland, I love, you know, but I go to somewhere isolated. Uh, where where and, you can switch off and, and yeah, be at one. Yeah, and I went, I went to the Western Lakes. Uh, I went camping, you know, camping, something I'm very good at. I used my army skills to achieve that. And, and, and I went away for a few days and I didn't see anybody, just me and my dog. We went walking in the woods and, uh, you know, we went hiking and a bit of canoeing. So, and searched really and, and you know, just got quiet away from the noise, no phone signal, no phone, nothing. And just got quiet, did some meditation and, and, and thought, you know, what am I going to do next? 
what is you know what's missing what is this empty feeling at that time in my life i didn't know about the human needs you know i didn't know about contribution so uh, you know i decided i need to i need some fulfillment you know and the way i was going to get that fulfillment was was contribution so that's what i decided i was going to and, and at the time manchester was really looking as bad as it is now you know i don't know if you remember that shift you know years ago when homelessness just really started to become noticeable you know everybody was talking about how bad it was getting and i didn't like that i hated it, it in fact it broke my heart i'm a very proud mancunian and and i love manchester you know to see that happen to see your city take a downward spiral in that area was painful really so it was obvious to me at the time that i could do something about it you know i could i could help in in my own way you know and, I, and especially that i didn't think you know we could do anything big i just thought i would just want to do my bit and i'd seen a video of an old retired barber in america you know years before and he would um is a retired man and he would give back once a week to the homeless community and go out and cut their hair and i just thought that was amazing and i knew i was going to do that after watching that video i thought you know that's what i'm going to do but with this trip to the lakes it just gave me that clarity and i thought now's the time that's it i'm going to do that so we dipped our toe in at first you know we didn't go straight out onto the streets and we put an advert out on our social media if you are homeless or in fact if you if you're unemployed and you've got yourself a job interview you can you can come in and um, get yourself tidied up for free you can access our services free of charge um, so we had guys who, who said, I've got a job interview here, yeah, can you tidy okay. me up? And some of those guys are still our clients. You know, they're having a so that's how you got started then? That's how we got yeah, started. You know. So going on to the, uh, the work that you do with Rust Sleeping and then the charity work, how would you best describe the School Fades Foundation? The School Fades Foundation, if you want it, is a pathway to getting off the street. It's a pathway to beating, fighting your addiction. It's a pathway to improving yourself. It's a pathway to all different kinds of material that we can give you. You mentioned that if you want it. If so, you want it. So you've got to be proactive. You've got to be kind of searching for something. It's very difficult to help someone who doesn't want to be helped. You know, everybody's got their time. A lot of the guys we work with just in this life and it's, and it's, it's chaotic and, and, the, and it gets on top of them and, and you don't believe that they want anybody's help. And when they feel like that, you can't, you can't help anyone. You know, but when somebody's ready and when somebody wants it, we've got some tools for you you know we can we can help you in many ways and um, we're connected up to all the different charities we can refer you to different things we can make personal phone calls to a person in a specific charity to um to help you so you've got the contacts you've got the network there within, yeah. the, within the foundation yeah information's key for us you know we, we all the members of my team educate themselves on what's going on in the charity world you know who's providing what service you know what meals are available at what time you know, where can you get into a bed every night? Who can you speak to about a drug program? So that's very, very useful information. You know, if somebody, gets, somebody becomes homeless and, and you find yourself there, you don't know all these things. So we make it our business to educate ourselves so we can be more valuable to the guys on the street. So it's not just a haircut and providing some warm kit and some food. Um, we've actually got information in abundance. So you're very much like a, a band of brothers and sisters on the streets of Manchester helping you know, the homeless getting back you know, on, on with life. Yeah, it's, it's useful outreach. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, outreach work um, it can be criticised. Some charities would criticise it because there's a theory that you give people what they need to live on the street. It doesn't encourage them to engage with the services and get themselves off the street, which I can see the logic in that. But I think we go a bit further than that. You know, we're not just giving someone a sleeping bag and a, and a haircut, some food. We really try 
to give people the information they need to engage once they feel better. And that's key, you know, once we've, once we've given this haircut and cleaned them up and, and, and allowed our team to affect each person in a positive way, we put them into a good state and then give them the information that they need. And we find that's most effective. I don't know of an outreach service in the country that does that. So I'm very proud of that. You know, it's a unique um, style of work and it's a, a unique way of operating. And it's different each time we go out. You know, we, we have a chiropodist join us from time to time. We, we have a couple of different doctors who specialise in different fields who come out when they've got the time. Each time we do a, a street cuts, it's who's available. You know, who have we got? Um, we have a vet that's come out and helped us, you know, help the dogs on the street. So whoever's available will come out and, and the team changes. And I like that, you know, and, and we find that whoever is available... There's somebody that there. There's somebody there that needs that person. So it's funny how it all works. You know, it just tends to be the right person that comes out, and we meet the right person that needs the right help. So um, it's amazing how that works out every single street cuts. And, and how often do you do these street cuts? Once a month in Manchester. Once a month as a team. Um, I will get out um, as much as I possibly can. So, but when I go out on my own, it's it's different. You know, I, I will go into hostels. I will go uh, into into squats. I'll go into places that we won't go as a team. You know, it's slightly more, slightly more dangerous situations sometimes. But I've got to be very mindful when I've got the team. We've got to be careful. Um, I mean, it's it's a dangerous world, the homeless world, um, especially with with some of the, some of these squats and 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 um, some of the more isolated places off the beaten track. So we've got to be careful. But I mean, I've got a lot of experience, and the homeless community know me. You know, and I know them. So. So imagine you'd see familiar faces as you're going around? Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, sometimes we don't see that person again, and that's great because I love it when I don't see somebody twice. You know, if we give them the information they need and they go off and they get that information and they get into a bed every night or whichever path they decide to, to go down, it's amazing when you don't see that person again because that's just the movie we've got off the street. And if we can follow that up, I've met people on the street and then, and then seen them in a hostel after we've given them the information. You know, and then and then I've watched them go from the hostel into their own flat. Oh, that's that's got to be a good feeling. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's what that's what you do it for. Um, that's what keeps you going because homelessness is so so complex. There are a million reasons why people are on the street, and every case is different, and every person you meet is different. Some people don't want to get off the street, you know, and that's a fact. You know, some people. Uh, so the, the term is I hate the term, but it's entrenched. So entrenched in that life. Um, they don't want anybody's help. They're happy with the way they're living. Um, they think they're happy with the way they're living. And, and that's where volunteers and people who, who work with, the, with homeless people can get disheartened. But I focus on the cases that work. How would you describe your mission or the purpose of School Fades? So the ethos is contribute to create change. You know, that's, that's what we do. We're a small, a small barbershop and we contribute on a big scale. People don't have to contribute as, you know, on the same level as us. But some contribution, I think, is necessary for a business. You know, as business owners, we are powerful in our communities and in society. And we can all contribute to create the change that we want to see in any area. You know, so if, We're not just talking about homelessness now. No, not at all. Businesses have power to help in many different ways. And if, if you want to help um, people who, who look after people with disabilities, if you want to help people look after the elderly, if you want to change um, racism... If you want to change anything, you know, one avenue we're going to go down soon is, is modern day slavery. We're, we're becoming increasingly involved in that. And that's um, something that we want to help um, change and contribute towards helping that. So many organizations are doing such a good job in all different areas. 
and they need help. Charities need help. And, and just by talking about it, we'll, we'll help to, to start off with. Of course. Yeah, we talk about it and, and, and then we offer what, what our business has got to offer. You know, a friend of mine, he's, he's, he makes and sells mattresses. Um, he's just decided to um, donate uh, every third mattress. It might be every th fifth mattress, but um, that's how his business is going to contribute to create change. So he's going to donate these mattresses that he makes to hostels. So people coming off the street get to use these mattresses. That is what we're all about. I mean, I mean, I don't like to think of School Fades as another charity. You know, it's um, the School Fades Foundation is strongly linked to the business School Fades Barbershop, and they forever will be. I believe it's a new way to do charity. You know, you have your business, but set something up, set something up to give back and and entwine them. You know, so one, my business works with my charity all the time. They're always helping each other. And that's, it's just positive. One of the ways you work with the homeless is through coaching and personal development. Perhaps you could talk to us about the six human needs model and how you go about using it. Every human being on the planet has these six needs. These are needs to, for happiness and fulfillment. Now, the first need is certainty. We all need a certain level of certainty in our lives. If the human needs aren't fulfilled, it creates negative emotions. If they're fulfilled, it creates positive emotions. The second human need conflicts the first because the universe has got a sense of humour. So it gives us, as human beings, conflicting needs. And that's uncertainty um, or, or variety. Um, you can put different words on any of these needs, but they come back to the same thing. So if we get too much certainty in our lives, if we know what's going to happen every single day, every time, this time you're going to have that, that time you're going to have that, you know, too much certainty, we get bored. So we need some variety. We need some uncertainty. The next one is significance. We all need to feel significant on some level. Everybody's had the, the boss that is, is above you and he tells you what to do and, and he speaks to you like you're worthless because he's above you. Now he's choosing a negative vehicle to gain significance yeah, yeah. you know the best vehicle is you know a positive vehicle is being the best in the world at what you do and we see that with the world's best boxers or the world's best football players the next one is love and connection now most people settle for connection unfortunately because love scares them we as human beings learn at a young age that love equals pain usually a grandparent dies you know or in extreme cases a parent will die or or it might be when you get into a first bad relationship you know, and that love equals pain. So people are, are, are um, most people are unfulfilled in the relationships today because they don't um, fulfill that need properly. You know, real love, wholehearted love for that person you're with. That's what we all deserve and that's what we all should give. Um, but too many people settle for connection because it scares them. So love and connection is the next need. And people, you know, people will get connection in, in many ways. You know, they'll go, to, they'll go dancing or they'll go to a football club and watch the football. You know, they're getting connection all the time. We, we, we support Man United or we support Arsenal or whatever, you know. You can get the first four right and be fairly happy, but true happiness and true fulfillment lies in the last two. And the, the fifth human need is growth. There are very few plateaus in life, we're either climbing or sliding. You know, you can apply these needs to, to business, to finances, to, to spiritual growth, to your relationships, and you can use these needs in each area. So growth, if my business is earning more money than it was last year, I've got positive emotions. 
if, if my business is earning less money, I get negative emotions. What's gone wrong? Why? Who's not doing the job right? And so growth, we, we need, you know, we need it in relationships. If you're growing with your partner, it's a beautiful feeling. You're both growing together. If you're not, it creates negative emotions and you start to pick at each other. So growth is the fifth human need. And the last one, uh, key to it all, um, the last two are, are entwined as well. With the, the, reason, the reason we've got to grow is so we've got something to give. If we don't grow, we've got nothing to give. You can't give what you haven't got, right? So growth is entwined with the last human need, which is contribution. We all need to contribute on some level. For somebody like myself, I want to contribute on a big scale because I'm driven by contribution. People generally are, are driven by two or three of the human needs. So contribution is is the last one and like i said i'm 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 driven by that so I, I want to contribute on a huge scale what i'm doing now isn't enough for me i want to do more and more and more and more so those are the human needs and we can we can we can apply them to every area of our lives i do an exercise with the guys on the street which looks at the life they're living and looks at the life that they want and we score the human needs what they get what is this life score what is that life score when we get these guys into a beautiful state, a good state, a happy state, an excited state, they can start to go for that life. You know, we, we use all this knowledge in conjunction with our skillers barbers to help people take the right path. Um, and all this stuff I, can't, I, I put into the haircut. And it's amazing the reactions that you get when you sit down and go through these human needs with them. Um, the last one I did was with a couple who came to my shop and we did this diagram that I, that I do with the guys and the reaction from those two, it was it was it was it was a new one for me because I did it a joint diagram, yeah. you know. But um, we went through all the human needs, you know. How, how much certainty did you get on the street? How much uncertainty did you get on the street? How much? Um, how significant do you feel on the street? How much love and connections do you get? How much are you growing? And and how much do you contribute with this life? I know they scored very very low, and that score equaled misery, unhappiness, negative 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 life. And we asked, then we asked the guys to, to fast forward five years and visualize that person. This is very important because you get them to visualize their future self mm -hmm. and you get them to see themselves. And like when I encourage that, because the first reaction is, um, oh, well, I'm not sure. You know, you say, no, come on, the life that you want, the person you want to be, who is that person? What are they doing now? And specifics, how much money have they got in the bank account? How often are they seeing the family? Try and make it as real as you can. As them. real as you yeah. can. And you start to see them change and the smile appears and they start, they're kind of falling in love with this future person, you know, and that's that. You make this, create this valuable picture in their mind of their future self. Um, so then we go through the human needs. How much certainty has this person got? Mm -hmm. How much uncertainty has this person got? Um, and so on. How much love and connection has this person got? And that always goes off the scale. You know, because they see the self having love and connection all around them, which is what we all want. So we offer this image and, and then that gets scored and that equals a successful, happy, fulfilled life um, for them, whatever that means to them. Then we give them the tools. The next sheet of paper is the obstacles. We create the obstacles of uh, the, the obstacles that are in the way, you know, and whether it's drug use or um, repeated behavior, you know, alcohol, whatever it is. Um, so we do it in kind of a bubble diagram, you know, this is where you are now, that person in the future five years, all the obstacles that are in the way. And on the last piece of paper, we write down if they can do something about that or not. And most, yeah, every time it's yes, there are very little things that we can't do something about. You know, maybe a, a monsoon happens, you know, you can't do much about that, but we don't get many of them in Manchester, luckily. 
kind of have an all year round <laughs> equivalent of a monsoon. But but yeah, so 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 there's always something they can do. And then the next box is what what can you do? And and they go away with a list, a, a whole list of of instructions for their own life. And this has come from them. They're telling themselves what to do. And these are basic practical steps that they can improve their own lives. Yeah, and and a lot of the time when you look at you know, there, there are a lot of things on these lists sometimes for somebody who's homeless. But that's where the philosophy of Kanai comes in. Now, the philosophy of Kanai stands for constant and never-ending improvements. So that's that's abbreviated to Kanai. Um, so if they use that philosophy, they, I generally tell them to pick one thing, you know, depending on the person. Usually one thing's enough. Just one thing each day, you know, just one thing, that's it. And we can all use that. You know, for some people, it's just the way you say hello, the way you say thank you. And these, all these little improvements compound into a big improvement. It's the only way for real and lasting change. Little steps, tiny little steps, using the philosophy of Kanai, we improve this, then we improve this, then we improve this. Because it's too overwhelming for, for a human being to go from this person to that person. Yeah. We're not caterpillars, you know, but we can we can do what a caterpillar does if we use the philosophy of Kanai and we take our time, little bits, little tiny bits, you don't get overwhelmed and what, and you look back in a year and you can't recognize that person. Yeah, yeah. You look back in two years, who is that? What's the best way our listeners can help support the School Fade Foundation? Buy a hoodie and, and, and wear it for us. Um, that will financially support us because every hoodie that we buy, you know, the, the profits go to the, the charity and, and wear it. And when people ask what it, what it is and what it's about, tell them. That's the most simple way for people to support us at the moment. So thank you very much for being with us today. What's the best way we can find out more about the foundation? So you can follow us on, on social media. Uh, at the moment, our website is massively out of date. I'm, I'm a doer. I'm always practically doing something. You know, I'm either out on the street or I'm working in my shop or, we do, you know, we're doing something. If you really want to keep up to date with what we're doing, the videos and the, and the pictures are on Facebook. Um, so we're about to revamp the website. So that will bring all that up to date. But it's, it's a little bit out of date at the minute. Well, Jed, thanks very much and wish you all the success for the foundation. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thanks very much. That was Jed King, one of those people who's really making a difference. In this episode, we learned how Jed contributes to creating change. He talks about the six human needs, a model popularised by Tony Robbins. We learned that following the six needs can lead to a more successful and fulfilling life. Jed also mentioned Kenai, a system for continuous and never-ending improvement. His advice is to focus on one thing and make it better every day. To help support the School Fades Foundation, visit their website and treat yourself or a friend to a hoodie. We'll include a link in the show notes. That was the 12 Scholars Podcast. To find out more, visit our website and subscribe to the printed journal at 12scholars.com. <laughs>